0: doing day,
1: doing good we're finally getting into the home stretch this honestly i wish they would move the draft up a week because we're starting we're in the midst of silly season where there's just terrible takes flying and there's gonna be all these ridiculous rumors coming out the next few days that aren't true so i'm just ready for the draft to be here honestly
0: this is like one of my favorite weeks we get to hear all these dumb takes (laughs) plus we get to ignore everything everyone says
1: yeah see i'd just rather not do any of that (laughs) but I, I can respect wanting to
0: enjoy the chaos. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's fun. It, it's not informative. You don't learn anything. You don't get any smarter. You don't get more knowledgeable about these players, but it's kind of fun to make fun of some people. That's fair. That, that is always true. All right. So we're going to start out. Obviously there's the top six quarterbacks in this draft. It's a group of six here at the top. So we're going to start out, uh, go a little back and forth on a, who are some of our favorite late round quarterbacks? So uh, why don't you go first, Mitch?
1: So honestly, this is, you know, people could say, oh, this is a bad quarterback class. And I, I agree with that, but it's also bad in that there is virtually no depth. Like, like you said, after the top None. six, it plunges off a cliff and it plunges hard. So the one guy that I found and liked a decent bit was Chase Garbers out of California. And he really popped in the uh, NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, uh, had some nice mobility, good zip on the ball. Like, he's not a world-beater by any means, but I think he can be a decent backup. You know, I th- I can't remember if we talked about this in a recorded session, and I am not remember if it was with you, but it was um, basically debating, like, he can be, like, a quarterback in the NFL for a very long time and, you know, make a decent money without throwing, like, any passes.
0: Oh, I don't think I was part
1: of that. Okay, we were basically just debating, like, who would you rather – um, who had the better financial career, Kirk Cousins or Chase Daniel? Relative to their talent level.
0: <laughs> wow, that, that's a good question because like Chase Daniels is not good at all. No, Where but he's made a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kirk Cousins is mediocre, but he's going to be like a top
1: five earnings all time. So it's like who did more with less essentially? And that's kind of my thing with Garbers. Is like he's not going to be a world beater, but, you know, he might be able to come in, you know, spot start have a decent game. Um, But he's not going to be anybody's starter by any means.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's like, I, I think we're looking at like, maybe we can get to f- five of these guys outside. Like we might get to 10 quarterbacks that are like on an NFL roster in five years.
1: Oh, I think less than that, but, but I, I got, see your like, point. I'm yeah. saying
0: like 10 is like yeah. the max. Yeah. If we include practice squad, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's rough. So I, I'll go, uh, Bailey Zappy I and mean, just put up a ton of numbers and, uh, he doesn't have any of the physical tools you would want, but I think he's a fairly smart quarterback going to be able to be, like you said, probably, probably lean more towards practice squad type of guy, but, uh, I, I think he can eventually make a roster as a very, very low end backup. For I feel somebody. like his, his,
1: his, ceiling is Case Keenum.
0: Uh, I don't know if it's that high. Okay. <laughs> it's it, the absolute ceiling. The ceiling is the roof. Yeah. It, 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 it might be Chase Daniels. Yeah. Fair.
1: My other one. And I just, I went Garbers is like my deep cup, but I actually like Jack tone a, a good bit more okay. than Bailey Zappi. Yeah. Um, I think he's a better athlete. I think he actually has some of the physical tools. Uh, he's obviously a very smart player. Um, and he has like a surprisingly decent deep ball, which, you know, you kind of look at his profile. And like oh no, he's just going to be some noodle arm dude. Like he can actually spin it pretty hard, pretty deep. So I think he's got a little bit higher of a ceiling than a guy like Zappy. But again, like a guy that is going to stick in this league for a while as a backup, you know, kind of your you know, Matt Barkley type where he latches on to an elite quarterback and is just kind of there you know, assistant or guru or whatever.
0: Yeah, I, I could see that. I just, I've watched too much Jack Cohen to ever be <laughs> a fan of that. Uh, So why don't we get into the top six here? So uh, let's start out. Who's your number six quarterback?
1: My number six is Matt Corral. And <clears throat> when I was watching him, and this is kind of, this is going to be a very obvious take, but I was like, man, this dude would just be awesome in the CFL where it's just a crazy wide open offense. Like assuming you adjust it for talent, obviously, because he is more talented than almost any player in the CFL, but still just the way he plays, the way the Ole Miss offense is designed. It's just perfect for that. But as an NFL player, really good, really good accuracy, especially in the short area, um, quick decision maker, good athlete, uh, got some good running ability. Uh, you know, his offense is almost exclusively RPOs. Uh, they use him as a run threat a ton. So the problem is he's just small and he's very, he's injury prone. And I think that that's going to carry over to the NFL where they won't be able to use him as a design run threat because he's only 6'1, 212 pounds or whatever. Like he's just going to get beat up in the NFL. So I also just have concerns about his ability to run an NFL offense. Um, you know, the like I said, the almost offense is very simply designed. You know, it's you make those quick decisions, which is nice, but he's almost never like reading a full field concept or, you know, making a play call at the line by himself. Like, you know, they would make a fake snap he'd check with the sideline make an adjustment fake snap again check the sideline again so you know i I just i think it's gonna be tough for him to make that jump the nfl i think that he has a decent amount of the physical tools but i think that the mental side of the game is gonna be a real struggle for him
0: yeah i i so i don't have him at six i'll get to him in a little bit though it won't be long on him um my number six is carson strong Mhm. Um I you see the arm talent, but I think that's just about all that he has. That's it. And it's not like elite. It's just like he has enough arm to where the arm itself is NFL caliber. I don't mm-hmm. think any other part of his game is and I don't think his arms elite. That I he cannot move in the pocket like he can't move outside the pocket he can do all right in terms of being able to move around a bit inside the pocket itself but even that is below average i would say Mm -hmm. um i mean you see him make a lot of quick throws and he does have a decently quick release but it's not even again he his release i wouldn't say is i would say is below average in terms of the nfl i i think arm strength and is about the only thing where he is average in terms of nfl skill i just really don't see it with him now to be fair we'll get to other guys and i think that phrase is going to be uttered a lot on this podcast um so uh, I, it's not that i hate carson strong more than these other guys it's that well, I do technically, but uh, I just don't, I don't see it with strong. So who's your number five? Uh,
1: my five is Carson strong. So I'm just going to follow up with that with if he was fully healthy and there weren't any concerns about that knee injury, would he be any higher for you? Um,
0: if the knee was healthy enough to where he had slightly better mobility he could uh move up one spot. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, so he's still my five, and I think a good bit of that is the baked-in knee concern, but I, I think I like his arm a little bit more than you. I think I like his overall game a little bit more than you do. I, I understand the mobility concerns, especially in today's NFL. You know, I, I don't think he's gonna be a, you know, running threat or scrambling threat by any means. I think he can move in the pocket decently well, and I think you can design an offense pretty well off that i think he's i think he's decently smart at the line of scrimmage, you know setting protections making adjustments and all that uh but you know it is an air raid offense so there is that bit of adjustment um and i think the arm is is good i think it would be in a an, ab- an average an above average nfl arm but i don't think it's an elite nfl arm like i think it's he's definitely got that ability to, to lace it into tight windows over the middle he can stretch the ball vertically but it's not a you know mahomes allen stafford kind of arm but I think that, you know, if that knee checks out and it's fine, I like, I like the skills that he has to be a, you know, I think that given a a year or two of development, he could become a starter down the road. But again, I think those concerns about the knee kind of make you wonder, you know, if it, if it, if you're making a long-term investment, like how great is the chance that his knee just completely disintegrates and he can't really play football anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I can like, like, like I said, I'm, pretty low on him. And uh I'll just say my number five, Matt Corral. Um so we just had these guys switched. Mm -hmm. Uh I want to echo a lot of the same things again. I think he is a guy with uh a lot more mobility, a lot more ability to run. I think his uh I think he does have a decently quick release. I think he is good in the RPO game, but I think that's just about the only thing we've seen him really be able to run haven't seen him make any actual uh, full field reads, haven't had to do any NFL-type concepts. Um, and, And if you're just basing this off the arm, it's not, again, it's a good arm. It's not an elite arm talent quarterback, and we just don't have any of the mental side of the game that we know of. And when it comes to that, my assumption is usually going to be that there is a reason he was not doing those things at the college level, like a limitation by him. Usually, if you have the ability to do more advanced things mentally, your coach, unless you are specifically in a... Now, Lane Kiffin's ran a lot of RPOs before, but he hasn't been this heavily RPO. With other quarterbacks when he was at Alabama, they weren't this heavily RPO, even FAU. They weren't this heavily RPO um, that they, they had a good amount of RPOs. It was a, I would say a plurality of their snaps, but it wasn't 90% of their snaps like it is here at Ole Miss. So unless you're in like one of these air raid systems, like a Carson Strong, where you're running specifically, no one's going to run just this heavy an amount unless of a certain concept unless they are trying to cover up something right like i Mm -hmm. just i think he i think kiffin did a good job of hiding his faults in terms of being able to read the field because if he could we've seen kiffin allow his quarterbacks to do so when he was at alabama
1: yeah, I, yeah, I'm just very concerned about Matt Corral's ability to succeed in the NFL overall. Like, And I don't think that, I don't think he, you know, with, with a lot of these guys, we talk about like being a backup because they're really smart and they'll be able to I, digest an offense and help the starter with that. And that's not something I think Matt Corral will be able to do as well. So like he's basically a starter or nothing. So
0: um, but- uh, I I I could see Matt Corral sticking under a, uh, as a backup under a, let's just throw out like uh, a Ryan Tannehill or something where you're just a uh, very specific scheme. You can add okay. in more RPOs for him and he can be the guy where if Tannehill gets hurt, he can step in and provide a different aspect with his running ability that Tannehill hasn't done as much recently. Uh, he can run the, those play action um, single read concepts and, um, and, and I think that's the type of quarterback he could go be a backup for. I don't think if it's a quarterback, you're significantly uh, the where you want someone there to help develop them, a younger quarterback. I don't think he's going to be able to go there. I don't think he's a guy where you bring him in, hoping he can develop under the veteran quarterback to eventually be a starter. I think he is simply a, you have a veteran quarterback, you want someone that can come in run basic concepts and be a bit of a athlete back there
1: yeah gotcha uh let's move on to number four so my number four is kenny pickett Ooh, let's go Same and number four I, all right cool so and i've i've cooled a considerable bit considerable bit on kenny pickett uh mostly just because i've watched some more i've listened to some other people who are kind of more higher up on the totem pole in this space um and you're looking, coming and looking back at him with a more critical eye. And, you know, when I originally watched him mostly on broadcast, I was like, okay, like he's kind of like a locale, uh, Joe Burrow light kind of player, you know, just cause he's, doesn't have the greatest arm, but he wins with accuracy. Um, and he's a decent athlete, not great, but he's fine. Uh, the problem with that is though, is like Joe Burrow's biggest thing was pocket management. And that's the thing where Pickett really struggles. And he also, he's not as good of a field processor as I think most people might think he is like, I mean, there's just, he has issues with consistency of that. So, and of course, you know, he doesn't have that great arm strength. There's the whole, I don't, I I don't, when I say like, I don't care about the small hands thing, but I'm not on the full sense. Oh, it doesn't matter at all. Like it does matter a little bit, but I'm I'm not going to make a huge stink of it. But, you know, I just think his ceiling is so limited and, I think his floor is even a little lower than some people may think. So, yeah, I'm just not the biggest Kenny Pickett fan. Uh, I don't think that he's obviously not worth a uh, first round pick. He's going to be taking the first round. But, you know, I think that he could, I, I, again, like, I do think he could stick in the league for a while. I just think asking him to be a consistent starter is going to be a bit of a problem. You know, I think that there's a bit of Drew Locke without the athleticism or arm strength to his game.
0: Yeah. So uh, again, like I said, he's my number four as well. Um, Yeah. I agree with the pocket management and with the below average arm strength. And when you, when you mentioned the hand size, you, you said you care a little bit. I, I think where we see when we talk about the hand size, when I talk about hand size with the quarterbacks, I think, it's an issue if it's something where you can see it be an issue mm-hmm. and I think there are moments in Pickett's games where it occasionally pops up. I think you're looking at a guy where um you obviously see he has to wear two gloves you you see a guy who um regardless of uh, when when you talk about being able to grip the football you see him not necessarily have this perfect spiral that you get with that uh not the tighter grip because tightening your grip actually will usually lessen that but like actually being able to grip it a little bit more loosely where you're using your large hands you look at these big hand quarterbacks and they have that tighter spiral and Yes, that doesn't necessarily matter, but when you look at how the ball comes out of his hand, where it's not always that consistent spiral, and you're looking at the velocity on it on those intermediate routes, I think it tends to be an issue with him. And I don't think that is, I think that is 99% arm strength, but I think, a little bit of it is that he has small hands. I think he has had fumbles in the past, I believe. Correct.
1: Yeah, but not like Ritter's had a lot yes, more, but that's yes. partially because he uses a runner. But like can like I don't think he the, the number of fumbles is not, I wouldn't say it's statistically significantly more than you know any other player with bigger hands. Like I, I don't think that that is a byproduct of the small hands issue necessarily.
0: Yeah. So when when we talk when we talk about the hands, it's more of, does it show up on tape? And I think it does occasionally, but like very rarely, I don't think he had a ton of issues. Well, the other thing is that in with the NFL, it's a bigger ball. Yes. Yes. It is. What is an inch diameter? I
1: think I'm not exactly sure the, the difference, but the, it is bigger for sure. And yeah, that's, that's, I think you're, I agree with it. That's going to be a bit of an issue. And like you said, you know, he's already, slightly deficient in the areas of being able to stretch the ball vertically and being able to you know lace the ball into tight windows so that's only going to get worse the NFL level and especially when those windows are smaller with the NFL defenders being better and receivers being less open so i think that there's a decent i think there's a decent chance that like he can be a a solid but like a you know maybe like a Jimmy Garoppolo level quarterback uh but I think there's also a good chance that he's just a backup for his career. So,
0: yeah, I, I agree. Again, my comp before I don't like. So when you brought, when I brought up the first time, I didn't even think of the glove thing. When I brought up uh Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't like bringing it up all the time just because I'm like, oh shit, they do have both wear two <laughs> gloves. But uh, no, no, I, I do see a lot of similarities. I think he is. Um, r- remember in, in Minnesota, Teddy was, Fairly mobile, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he can be, and and Teddy was decently successful as well early in his career. He just had to be in a specific scheme where he was able to throw more short and intermediate throws. He was able to hit the occasional deep ball where he wasn't required to lace it, um, and, and use the running game to his advantage. And they were fairly successful with that. Now, again, those teams are also successful with Case Keenum and Sam Bradford. <laughs> at quarterback, so I don't think you're taking a lot. But uh, again, it, if you're talking about that's uh, a quarterback in the 20s, probably mid 20s in the NFL, it, it's a it's a starting caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, who who's your number three? My number three is Sam Howell. And okay, I think we're going to have the exact same top four then. <laughs> okay, because my number three is also Sam Howell.
1: Yeah, I think, and I guess we'll agree on this that I like Sam Howell a good bit more than I think a lot of people. And at this time, I think yes. he's kind of since he kind of fell off from being a possible number one pick, he's kind of been forgotten. And you know, I think you can make the argument that he has a lot of the same issues as Matt Corral. They run a very similar offense. They're using the running game a lot. Uh, the thing is, though, I think Hal is obviously built better. He's 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 a little shorter, but he's a lot thicker. He's able to withstand contact better. <laughs> I think he's smarter. I think that he makes better decisions. He's got a good bit of a stronger arm and a really, really nice deep ball. It's
0: it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Like it's like a Russ, it's almost like a Russell Wilson, like those like teardrop deep balls that he can throw. Um, And yeah, I, I love his toughness. You know, I, one thing that I noticed at the senior bowl was like Matt Corral wasn't there and he was a fourth year junior and Sam Howell was there as a third year junior. And I, I will try not to disparage it too much, but North Carolina and Ole Miss are very different academic institutions. And if Sam Howell was able to graduate in three years and Matt Corral wasn't able to graduate Ole Miss in four years, I think there's something to that. You know, I saw some wonder scores floating around this year. I don't think they're real because I think they stopped doing the wonder so they might be fair. Yeah, but...
0: I saw that and I'm like, I don't remember. I thought they had the gotten rid of that yeah uh, they
1: did it's also so late in the process they would have come out a lot closer to the combine so I'm pretty sure those numbers are all fake um they did a good job of making them seem appropriate to the players though I'll give them that um but anyways yeah I think that Sam I think Sam Howell I think that it's weird because I think that he is kind of the midpoint between the two guys that are going to go most likely in the first round of Malik and Kenny Pickett in that he has some of he's like the midpoint between them and that he has some of that, those physical abilities that Malik Willis has, but he has some of the mental uh, processing abilities that Pickett has, but he's not elite in either one. And so, because he doesn't have those, uh, you know, elite, elite traits to fall back on instead of, as opposed to what he is, which is being like good to very good in most of them, he's kind of falling by the wayside. So I think that, He should be a first-round pick. I don't think he will, and I think that whatever team gets him in the second is going to be very lucky to have him.
0: Yeah, so uh, I I will disagree with you on one thing. I don't think he should be a first-round pick. That's Mm -hmm. a general – I understand that quarterbacks are going to go in the first round, and there's probably going to be two or three quarterbacks, and if there's two or three quarterbacks, he should be – one of those quarterbacks
1: that was my more thing I was like he if yeah. in this class i think he should be a first round pick yeah. which you might still disagree with but i think generally probably not
0: yes i, I can get behind that yeah um and, and i will say he is a very good runner he had a, a lot of rush, rushes this year um some of that was, I, I did see a few times on tape, he he bails out of some clean pockets. Yeah, he does do that. Yep. Uh, which is a concern. Um, and his most common comp, Baker Mayfield, also struggles with that a lot. <laughs> you, yeah. you see the comps. I don't think he is uh, quite as good as Baker. I don't think he'll end up quite as good, but I think he will be 85% Baker. Good Nine Baker,
1: acres. that is 85% of Good Baker. Yes. 85. He's he's 85. This is like the Brian Fantana bit from uh Anchorman. He is 85% of
0: 95% Baker Mayfield. Yes.
1: Or something like that. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, he, he he is interesting, but like again, I don't think he has the highest upside. I think he still has a lot of those same limitations that you see out of baker even when baker is rolling even when baker was playing good in 2020 he had a lot of issues throwing it over the middle of the field and um being able to and also had some issues with breeding defenses in general just because of inexperience there so I, had... I think a lot of the weaknesses are the same yeah i think that i think he, he's kind of
1: suffered from the issue that He got kind of propped up and then, you know, you get that 30 year film on him. And first of all, he loses all of his offensive weapons to the NFL. His offensive line takes a major step back for some reason, and he's kind of left to just do everything on his own. And that's kind of what caused him, especially towards the end of the year, to bail from those clean pockets to try to be the hero. And that led to some issues. And obviously that's going to, you know, that this recency bias, you know, that's going to take his stock down. But if you go back to 2020, his film is awesome it's so good um so yeah I, i'm willing to bet on sam howell i know that that's kind of now becoming like a hot take but uh so now we'll move on to our number two
0: i'll let you go first all right i'm i'm going to guess that they're the same but we could have one and two flipped uh, desmond ritter Al cincinnati
1: um we're not the take. same
0: oh wow okay um yeah so I think the best way to talk about these top two might be in comparison to each other. Okay. So I think Desmond Ritter is the much higher floor prospect. Yep. I agree. I think Malik Willis has top eight NFL quarterback upside. Like I, I I don't think it's like insane, insane Lehigh. I don't think he has the potential to be the best quarterback in the NFL or anything, but I think he could reach eight. Like, like I think he can be a that's one even, of,
1: even that's a little lofty for me. I think Yeah,
0: I mean I'm looking at it as I think he can be the second best running quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL after Lamar. Um maybe he's in the argument there with Hertz and uh Allen. Kyler. Yeah. Kyler as well. Um, see, so, yeah, like I would probably say like, and I,
1: I, I, I've had this discussion with a lot of people. I think that he would definitely be a top five running quarterback in the NFL like immediately. So he could kind of develop into being maybe a top. I still, I think that I definitely think Lamar is better. I, it's tough. Cause like, I think Allen is better with what you ask him to do. Like he might not be like as dynamic and do field running, but he's just effective.
0: Yeah. And- I-, I think Allen is better, but he isn't asked to do it. Yeah, so exactly. I don't know how to weigh that.
1: Yeah, and then hurts. I would say, I mean, my comp from Malik Willis is Jalen Hurts, uh, just as a prospect. So I think Hurts again. I think if he's a, I think he's more of that, you know, power, less try to like go crazy and he'll feel like Lamar. And Kyler is kind of his own thing. So, but yeah, I mean, I think Willis would be in that conversation.
0: Yeah. So for. I think Willis is has the potential at his high point to be like the eighth best quarterback. I think Ritter has 12th is probably his peak 12, 14, somewhere in there. I think personally, I think that's sure. That's where you're looking at where you're looking at that Kirk cousins, Derek Carr type cutoff. Sure. uh, Yeah. where you're below your elite quarterbacks. Um, for me, I I like, I like the process of Desmond Ritter. Mm -hmm. I like pretty much everything until the ball leaves his hand. Mm -hmm. That's pretty scary though. Still, even if you're talking about a higher floor quarterback where you don't love it when the ball leaves his hand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. And, I think we're both talking about accuracy specifically and consistency of accuracy because yes, there are times where he'll, he'll just like misses easy throws and it's hard to figure out exactly why. And it's, it hasn't gotten better, which is weird for a guy who's been playing college football for such a long time.
0: I, I will say, I think his mechanics have gotten better. Yes. Yeah. I don't and, think then, the
1: results have. Yeah. Which is the weird part. Exactly. Um, And it's most, and again, it's mostly short. Like the, he's like, he's got a good, he's got a good arm. I would say it's, NFL average like can push the ball vertically can throw it over the middle tight windows, all that jazz. Um, that's all fine. You know, he's, he's a bit of a strange running type. Like my comps for him are like an Alex Smith or Marcus Mariota type where he's not gonna be this crazy open field runner, but if you get him kind of, uh, on like an outside run, then he turns the corner, he can get upfield on a straight line and get up, get going fast he ran like a four five 40. Like he's got really good speed, just not great open field agilities and all that. Um, and I think like, like the Cincinnati offense, it's, it is a lot of RPOs, but I think there's just more nuance to it. And he's doing a lot of the stuff at the line by himself, not like checking with the sideline, at like twice a play. So I think that, and obviously being around college football for a long time, like he's that mental processing and field reading is at a much higher level than the other guys. So I think the issue is just like, can he get those accuracy issues fixed? And if he can't, you know, it's, that's, that's just something you're willing to live with the other side of the coin is that Malik Willis has extreme field processing and decision-making issues. And I really don't think there's any other way you can slice it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm there with you on that. No, I don't think his accuracy is um, that good either. I think no, it's, no, it's I, not. <laughs> I, I, I would say it's slightly higher, but The thing that gives me a little bit more hope with Malik and why I have him a bit higher outside of that running ability is that his mechanics aren't good. No. So my hope is that, like, Ritter, the things that you would fix normally to fix accuracy issues are already solid. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know what else you go to next. Whereas Willis, you look at him and you're like, this is so bad at least like it's stuff that you know where to attack to fix the issue
1: yeah you're starting from zero so you there's yes. nowhere to go but up yeah like at the senior bowl like he there was one player he had possibly the worst like lower body pl- off platform mechanics i've ever seen and he threw it 50 yards down the field like with just his arm so, and that 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 is incredible i get that
0: yeah so like that clip that went circling around everyone uh uh at the pro day right and pro days really realistically and don't really matter it's on air who cares but everyone was freaking out about how on point that ball was um i saw a video i believe it was the game day nfl account released it it was a uh, lower angle where it you they were looking um at more of a like waist height level view i don't believe he had either foot on the ground when he released that ball yeah it, yeah, it's it's just insane just arm ability purely arm ability uh, again the footwork is horrific i think the upper body mechanics need work need cleaned up i think mm-hmm. i think the best way to go about malik willis is to literally strip down everything and rebuild his throwing mechanics yeah which is a lot and you're going to have to sit him out for an entire year to do that And that's, that's the thing is that I am concerned
1: that whichever team drafts them, that's not going to happen. You know, if, if it's the Steelers, they can, and I hope to God they do, because like you said, they, it needs to be a total rebuild. And my worry is that that's a lot to do. And then you still need to fix some of those decision-making and field and like field processing, running an NFL offense issues. Like there are so many variables where everything has to go right. And I get it. The ceiling's really high. Uh, but like the floor, like you said, like his ceiling is like a, a top eight, top 10 quarterback in the NFL. The floor is that he is out of the, like he is not on an NFL roster in three or four seasons. So like yeah. for that reason, like that's why, because like the floor for Desmond Ritter for me is a backup because he is smart. He has some mobility. He, you know, can do some things. Like the floor is that he's maybe like, the what the, the, the like 34th best quarterback in the NFL, whereas Willis is like the 50th best and he's just not on a team. So again, like I wouldn't uh, in a vacuum, I don't really want to take any of these guys in the first round. If I had to, I get why you would with Willis. I just personally wouldn't want to do it. Cause I just think, I really don't think the reward is worth that risk. Cause especially if you're trading up to get him, good Lord. Um I just think that there's so many ways there's, there's so many ways where it can go wrong and you have to have everything go perfectly to get it right.
0: Yeah. I, I, again, I, I think we're both in agreement here. I just, I think I am taking more of a bet on the upside. You're mm-hmm. going more yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Um, but I think we see them both fairly similarly. Now I, I have a question where would for you it's Desmond Ritter, where would he rank in last year's class? <clears throat> okay, he'd be behind
1: Lawrence he'd be behind fields yep he'd be behind Lance yep and he'd be behind, uh I think he'd probably be he'd probably be behind Zach Wilson but but pretty close. I think I'd probably have him ahead of him. I don't know. I think for me, like Wilson, I mean, Wilson and Jones are very different, but I think I'd have them kind of in a similar tier. And then I'd probably have Ritter right up round with Mac Jones, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I have, yeah, I have those four, uh, the top four from last, well, top five from last year ahead of them. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about I have a half round grade higher on um on Wilson than mm-hmm. any of these guys. And I have a uh, Jones in the same round grade, but I have them at the top of that round grade, whereas Willis and Ritter are a little bit lower. Um, I have uh, third round grades on those guys, all of them. Um, and I have Willis and Ritter a little bit lower in that third round great early third.
1: Yeah, that's that seems about right. I think I would have Ritter kind of in that Jones area because honestly they 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 win in relatively similar manners. Jones is just a lot more consistent with that accuracy. Uh and but Ritter has a little bit obviously a lot more running talent and can create a little more out of structure. But the accuracy issue is kind of that that's like the biggest thing. So that's going to keep ritter a little maybe a little below jones i just didn't really like zach wilson that much so
0: yeah no i wasn't the biggest wilson fan either so mm-hmm. uh but uh no, no i i think that these guys are qb six and seven in last year's draft yeah that's fair yeah i was saying like if trey lance had come back
1: for another year and My probably one you... another one other title at uh ndsu he would have been Probably not the number one overall pick because of the Jags, but I'm sure I think, the Lions would have taken I think he would have been.
0: I think someone would have traded
1: up. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. You're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause... Like the Giants might have done it. The... Yeah. I was yeah. pushing for the Jets to pick him at two last year. So, <laughs> uh, but no, no, I think he would have uh, very easily been the top guy in this draft. By mm-hmm. far, I think I think there's a pretty sizable gap. I, I there have been some takes about Malik Willis being a better prospect than Fields and Lance. Oh and God! Anybody that says that is an idiot.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't say more. I
0: think I'm fairly high on Willis, having him QB one, and like I know that's a pretty common take, but like the fact that I think he has top eight quarterback upside, I think is fairly on the high side for Willis. That ain't close to as high of a floor as either of those two. And and again, we saw Lance's floor, Lance's floor. He could barely get on the field.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think people like, we kind of have moved away from this with the success of guys from lower levels, but look at who Willis was playing on a week to week basis. And like, look at how he was playing against the teams in like the CUSA or whatever, and then watch him play Ole Miss and Ole Miss doesn't have a good defense by any means. But they, almost they like they have like
0: four or five NFL players at, at, at the very most. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um. And they ate Willis absolutely alive, especially when throwing the ball. So just go watch that game and be like and think, OK, like now consider the entire defense being made up of NFL defenders. And some of them are the best in the elite. So, yeah, I, I get I get the upside. I just I just it's too it's too risky for me, for my too rich for my blood.
0: Yeah, I think when you're looking at Ritter versus Willis, it just comes down to what you want. If you're the team selecting what you want, if you are someone that has the quarterback in place that you're comfortable with, like, for example, the Saints, if you pick Willis with one of your first round picks without trading up, I think the risk is fairly mitigated just because you have Jameis who is a quality starter. Mm -hmm. And if Malik doesn't work out, you still have that other first round pick, Which, which obviously you're moving your first round pick from lat from next year for that pick. But like, you're still, you're only using one first round pick. You still have a quality starter at quarterback. I think that's the type of team that has to take Willis. If you are a team that needs a starting quarterback now, I think I think you have to take Ritter, flaws and all. I think he's the only guy you can take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so uh, any last thoughts on this uh, quarterback class?
1: No, I'm just looking forward to it being over with.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same. I'm looking
1: forward to next year. It's going to be so much better next year.
0: Yep. Uh, there's so many good quarterbacks Mm -hmm. next year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we will be back. It's draft week. We have a lot of stuff coming out this week. So, uh, get ready for that. Uh, until then let's get fired up.